So for those of you that don't know, my name is Yashika. I am an executive coach. So I teach or coach a lot of people in corporate, but I also teach individuals. Um, I am a trainer. I do corporate consulting. And mainly what my um, passion is, is on teaching you personal mastery because I feel like there's these tools that were taught in life. Um, the HR here at work calling your name, so I guess it's not that private that I watch you. <laughs> LOL, you watching me at work. Um, hey, happy body skin. All right, so let me stay focused because the if you don't already know, I'm putting these up on my podcast. So I don't want the people that are watching the replay to hear me rambling a lot. So you know who I am. We're talking about relationships because we are doing a book study of The Power of Now. I have the green version. If you want to follow along, we are on page, um, let's see, 160. And we're just talking about enlightened relationships, spiritual relationships, why we go through ups and downs in relationships, what to do about them, that type of thing. Um, Ianning Giannis, sorry if I said that wrong. Um, hey, thanks for joining us. So, and let's see, Rotonda says something else and then we'll get started. Oh, enjoyed me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We were talking about how the closest relationships that we have in life are often a mirror for our own unconsciousness and what we can do about that. And so we're going to continue that conversation for today. Seeing what Eckhart said, me adding my little bit of tidbits here. As always, if you have any comments, concerns, any questions about some of this information, make sure you let me know um, because this is some really deep information. And for a lot of people, this may be the first time that you've ever heard anything like this when it comes to your relationship. So let's get started on page 160 in the green version. If you both agree, and that's the people that you're in the relationship with, the person you're in the relationship with, if you both agree that the relationship will be your spiritual practice, so much the better. Then you can, excuse me, you can then express your thoughts and feelings to each other as soon as they occur or as soon as the reaction comes up so that you don't create a time gap in which unexpressed or unacknowledged emotions or grievance can fester and grow. So learn to give expression to what you are feeling without blaming. Learn to listen to your partner in an open and non-defensive way. Give your partner space for expressing himself or herself. Be present. He says accusing, defending, attacking. All those are patterns that are designed to strengthen or protect the ego and um, get its needs met and that becomes more redundant. So give space to others and give space to yourself. It's vital in your most closest relationships. Love cannot flourish without it. When you then have removed the two factors that are destructive to relationships. So there's two things that are destructive. We've been talking about them for a very long time because not only are they the two things that are destructive in your relationship, they're the two things that are destructive in your personal relationship with yourself and circumstances, etc. And these are when the pain body, um, has been transmuted 
and you have been no longer identified with what your mind and the mental positions and your feelings. So these are the things that if once we identify with them, they can start us in a spiral of um, not being connected, not only to ourselves but also in our relationships. So if you guys have done the work to flourish and to love and to give each other grace and space to grow, and you have decided that you're going to move in the same direction together, then you're going to start to see some beauty unfold by way of a more spiritual relationship. He says that you will experience the bliss of the flowering of relationship. Instead of mirroring to each other your pain and your unconsciousness, which is what most people do in relationships, instead of satisfying your mutual addictive ego needs, you will then reflect back to each other. The love that you feel deep within the love that comes with the realization of your oneness with all that is. And this is the love that has no opposite. Hey, Robert. So again, very important. If you are not doing this inner work, if you find that you identify with the thoughts in the mind and the pain in the past and the future, instead of being in the moment now and learning how to approach life from being your highest and best self or what you also hear me call your power place, you know, living life from that space, then the pain and the unconsciousness that you are bringing to the relationship is matched by your partners. And then that's how some of these issues arise. If your partner is still identified with the mind and the pain body, while you are already free. And I would almost say, even if you're trying to be free, but if you are already free, cause to me, freedom is going to be a daily exercise, a daily choice. Um, in order to stay in the present, to stay in the now, because there's so many demands in our human life that always wants to pull us out of that space. So he said, this is going to represent a major challenge, not to you. So you're free. Your partner is not on the same vibe as you. The problem is going to arise with your partner because it's not easy to live with an enlightened person. Or rather, this is the key here. And I noticed this in a lot of my clients when they start to do the inner work and they are in a relationship with someone else, it feels weird. And I'm, we're going to talk about why it feels weird and why it feels a little bit incongruent. So you taking your path to enlightenment and living from your power place is going to be disruptive to your relationship if your partner is not on that path uh, to freedom or at least or already free. So it's not, it's not easy to live with an enlightened person or rather is so easy that the ego finds it extremely threatening. Remember that the ego needs problems, conflicts, and enemies to strengthen the sense of separateness on which the identity depends. The unenlightened partner's mind will be deeply frustrated because its fixed positions are not resisted, which means they will become shaky and weak. And there is even the danger that they may collapse all together, resulting in a loss of self. 
The pain body is demanding feedback. So your partner's demanding a certain type of interaction with you to help feed their ego because their identity is based upon all of the things that we've talked about previously in this book and even some that we've talk, talked about in the Atomic Habits book. But they fear that all of this will collapse and they will lose themselves by being in a relationship with someone like you that may be wanting to be better, do better, or has already um, did a lot of work on yourself. And so you have a lot of freedom from all of that pain and that identification with the mind and the feelings that we've been talking about for a very long time. The pain body is demanding feedback and not getting it. The need for argument, drama, and conflict is not being met, but beware. Some people who are unresponsive, withdrawn, and sensitive or cut off from their feelings may think and try to convince others that they are enlightened or at least that there's nothing wrong with them and that everything is wrong with their partner. He says men tend to do this more than women. Um, I don't know. I think women do it as well, but he said men tend to do it more than women. They tend to kind of cut off from their feelings, which I guess would, could be true because men haven't been taught to be comfortable in that space. Um, and so men tend to see their female partners as irrational or emotional. But if you can feel your emotions, you are not far from the radiant inner body that's just underneath. If you are mainly in your head, and this goes for men or women, but he's saying men tend to be more in their head, then the distance is going to be much greater for you to tap into your inner body. And you need to bring consciousness into the emotional body before you can reach the inner body. If there isn't an emanation of love and joy, complete presence and openness toward all beings, then it is not enlightenment. Another indicator is how a person behaves in difficult or challenging situations or when things go wrong, because we all know how to behave ourselves, right? When things are going the way that we want them to, things are going as expected. When we don't have any challenges or triggers, then we're all good. But how we really know how enlightened we are, how free we are, how disidentified we are with our false identity of our mind and feelings is when things crop up and they go wrong, how do we react in that instance? And that could be a question that you can meditate on after this live, because whatever comes up for you is going to be very telling as to where you truly are on your path. Um, for instance, like um, some of the clients I work with, especially very early on in their journey, and you know, haven't done this type of work before, will absolutely fall apart, give up, and go in a spiral of negativity. It's not working, nothing's ever gonna change, I don't deserve happiness, everything is gonna always be messed up, and continue down that spiral when things, one little challenge comes up. So just think about how you um, tend to tr trend in that area, not only in your own not only in your own thought processes, not only in the way that you respond when you're having a personal challenge, but also now how do you respond in challenges in your relationship? So if your enlightenment, so you think you're doing good, you think you're enlightened, you think you're on a path to bettering yourself to personal mastery, like we talk about, um, if all of this is a self delusion, 
then life will soon give you a challenge that will bring out your unconsciousness in whatever form. And it's going to be the form that's actually going to be like the biggest trigger for you. Because remember, what are we doing here? We're learning lessons. And what is the ultimate purpose of these lessons to have us to evolve into our best self? So you're going to have some things crop up when you think you're enlightened on a good day. So let's see how you, how enlightened you are on a bad day. So these things are going to pop up as fear, anger, defensiveness, judgment, depression, and so on. And if you are in a relationship, many of your challenges are going to come through your partner. For example, a woman may be challenged by an unresponsive male partner who lives almost entirely in his head. She will be challenged by his inability to hear her, to give her attention and the space to be which is due to his lack of presence or his lack of living his life in his power place. The absence of love in a relationship with, which is usually more keenly felt by a woman than a man will trigger the woman's pain body. And through it, she will attack her partner. She will blame her partner, criticize their partner, make her partner wrong and so on. This in turn now becomes his challenge, right? So you're basically throwing it back and forth in each other's face, the triggers, the challenges, the things that are going to in turn trigger each other's ego. And it becomes this vicious cycle because at the end of all of this judgment about you on a path to be better, they're not on a path to be better. You're doing well and your partner's the problem and all of this. It's easy to see that when you start to get in a cycle like this, especially when these challenges crop up, that both of you are equally not on your journey because the true journey is to be present and to be conscious. And it's the same for all of us, no matter what path we choose to get there. Um, so it becomes his challenge and his challenge is to defend himself against her pain body attack which he sees as unwarranted, right? We've all been there, right? You trying to get something through to your partner because maybe you felt some type of way about what they did or some circumstance or some situation and you talking to them and you're trying to get your point across. Sometimes as women, right, when we get that blank face from the dude, uh, we try even harder to get our point across and then it starts to then trigger them because they're like, well, what the, this lady's crazy. What's going on with her? And so then he has to defend, defend himself because he's becoming more deeply entrenched in his mind because that's where he's saying the masculine energy tend, tends to live. And so then they justify and defend and counterattack. And pretty soon his pain body is activated the way that your pain body is activated. And he said when both pain bodies have taken over each other, not each other. So when your pain body takes over you and his pain body takes over him, then you spiral into this level of deep unconsciousness of emotional violence, savage attack and counterattack. And for some of you, it could probably have been um, what unfortunately turns into physical attacks, right? Um, and it will not subside until both pain bodies have replenished themselves and enter the dormant state until next time.
So while for some people, even if you feel that you get into these arguments and these fights and these, um, these situations with the person that you love, and it can be maybe a little bit emotionally draining or mentally draining, right? What he's saying is that even though you may feel that way, physiologically, physiologically, what you are really doing is feeding that beast, feeding that demon, feeding that pain body that likes to have more pain and more conflict. So it's almost like this monster that is getting their hits. They're getting everything they need to get stronger so that they can continue on for a few more days, months, weeks, years, however long it takes you and your partner to do this dance all over again until the next time. This is only one of an endless number of possible scenarios. Many volumes have been written and many more could be written about the ways in which unconsciousness is brought out in male-female relationships. And remember, we can say male and female could be just energetically. But as he said earlier, once you understand the root of the dysfunction, you do not need to explore as countless manifestations. This is important too. A lot of times we want to spend all of our energy exploring the manifestations, exploring the causes, exploring um, some of the things that, yes, we need to understand in order to grow, but we don't need to spend our time there. We need to spend our time in the now making it better, right? Doing better, being better. So he said, let's briefly look at the scenario that I just described. Every challenge that it contains is actually disguised as an opportunity for is actually a disguised opportunity for salvation. So he's telling you that if you are in this cycle with your partner or even with yourself, you get triggered, you blame, you spiral out of control and you can't seem to get it back. And then, you know, maybe for some of you, it's that next motivational video or that visit to church or whatever. And then you feel like you're whole again until the next time. He's saying at every stage of the unfolding dysfunctional process, freedom from unconsciousness is possible. So you at every moment when you are having these interactions, even if you don't know that you have an opportunity to transmute or shift energy and to create an opportunity for growth and for transformation, um, the opportunity is there, even if you don't know it, for example, the woman's hostility could be a signal for the man to come out of his mind identified state, awaken into the now, become present instead of becoming even more identified with his mind, even more unconscious. So that, that could be a trigger for him that, uh-oh, something's not the way it needs to be. Let me come back into my power place and, and really pay attention to what's going on right now. He says, let's see, sorry, I lost my spot. All right. Oh my goodness. All right, here we are. <laughs> sorry guys. Um, instead of being the pain body, so being, he has some quotation marks. So instead of you um, letting your mind and letting your emotions take over or the woman letting her mind and her emotions take over and being embodying those things and then acting them out, the woman could be the knowing that watches the emotional pain in herself 
thus accessing the power of now and initiating a transmutation of the pain, right? So I used to notice this a lot. Um, I still notice it now in my, I'll, I'll talk about it in my previous relationship. Um, so I noticed that if I started to feel emotionally some kind of way, I don't know what it was at the time. I, it, it could be whatever cropped up in that moment. If I felt emotionally some type of way, what I would often do is instead of stopping and pausing and checking myself to see why, because remember, especially for the ladies in a personal master membership, when I'm teaching you how to, um, control your emotions and your thoughts when you aren't feeling right that is the first clue that you need to drop down in your body because your feelings are just a radar to tell you that something is off it's not a it doesn't mean it's true it's a it's a trigger for you to pay attention so instead of taking that moment to get in the present i would automatically just act out whatever emotion came up right and then he will have to deal with it, right? And then we would probably, it wasn't like a cycle where it was so much emotional violence, but now that I know better, it wasn't healthy, right? Um, and so now with Greg, what I do, because I have noticed and I have known since doing work on myself that I need to always check in with myself, especially if something doesn't feel right. So with Greg, let's say I'm tired or I'm irritated. My first inclination is not to act out that type of a feeling, not to get irritated, not to get frustrated. What I usually do is say, what is wrong with me right now? And usually I can find the source of whatever is making me feel off. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep, so I'm tired and I'm cranky. Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm being nitpicky. A lot of times this, this is something that I had to notice too. Like if I feel like I, not with Greg, but before in my previous relationship, in my pre previous marriage, like say I had a to-do list of a whole bunch of things that I needed to get done, right? And I didn't get my stuff done, but I was frustrated with myself for not getting my stuff done. But then my husband would be chilling. I'd be like, what, what is you chilling for? And I'd be mad at him because he got, he got all his stuff done. He didn't put all them things on his to-do list, but he would get all his stuff done and then he would be chilling. And then I'm mad because I'm frustrated with myself because I'm not living the way that I said that I was going to live based on the intentions that I have for myself. And then I would, you know, judge other people based off of, of my unconscious behavior. So some of the stuff is not very, um, it's not very up in your face, but I always know now that when I don't feel right, that that's a trigger. And so he's trying to tell you that when you don't feel right, this is not the time to bring it to your partner necessarily. Maybe you need to take some time out and be in your power place so you can figure out what the heck is going on. And if you're with a partner that understands that, then they should be able to do the same thing with themselves and you know apart if your partner is coming to you with some type of stuff um pain frustration irritation then it shouldn't be your first inclination to get triggered by that your first inclination should be again dropping into your power place to try to figure out well maybe what do i need to pay attention to because there is something off in my partner, in myself, or in our dynamic with each other.
So these are triggers that you guys probably, if you were like me, you probably don't even pay attention to because you so identify with your feelings and your thoughts that you just think that they're you and they're not. You can transcend any of those things by having some self-discipline, pausing, and then like he said, um, dropping into the present, dropping into the now. So if this woman or if you or I or whoever is having some sort of emotional pain, instead of making it a, a relationship issue, maybe we need to just drop into that space because he's saying this could remove the compulsive and automatic outward projection of it, which is what I was trying to describe in the way that I previously used to behave in my interactions with my relationships that I've had in the past before I went on this journey for myself. So if you could then remove the compulsion, cause sometimes, you know, you just feel, I just gotta do it. I just gotta say it. Just something ain't right. He ain't doing right. Whatever it is, right? It almost feels like you just, even if you try to be quiet, it'll maybe last. It could last an hour, it could last a minute, it could last a day, but eventually, it's coming out right um but doing this will help you to not do that automatic outward projection of those feelings and then you could express it in um a more mature way and i think a more authentic way because if let's say i do take that moment um because i'm irritated and greg is good he can feel that maybe i'm a little irritated but he doesn't take it personally. <laughs> but what we could maybe then do is if I'm dropping into my power place, I could say, wait a minute, he didn't do nothing wrong. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. So then I can communicate, not that, hey, dude, you're getting on my nerves, you're irritating me because that's not the truth. The truth is that I am irritated because I didn't get enough sleep or I didn't maybe eat breakfast or whatever and then i could communicate that so that he can understand where i'm truly coming coming from this is a simplistic um example of how this dynamic goes because i'm sure that for a lot of you there's some bigger and deeper issues that you may be going through in your relationship but i hope that you can see that just by everybody taking that pause dropping into their space not getting triggered not taking things personally and actually really stopping to see where these whatever this off feeling is where it's coming from and identifying it and communicating it in a more mature way you actually start to bring more authenticity to your relationship and you actually start to um, be in a relationship where you both are participating as equal and whole people versus all this back and forth junk that tends to go on in relationships all right so there's no guarantee, of course, that your partner will listen. So there's no guarantee Greg will listen if I stopped and said, I'm irritated because I'm tired. Maybe if he wasn't who he was, he probably would get triggered. And then we both sitting in the car irritated. But it does give him a chance to become present. And it certainly breaks the insane cycle of this involuntary acting out of old mental patterns. If the woman misses the opportunity, then the man could watch his own mental emotional reaction to her pain. Let's say you didn't catch yourself and you did act up, right? We're only human, but the man could then watch his own reaction to you and his own defensiveness 
Um, and then in his being, and then he can transform that as well. And this is what mature relationships look like. And this is why you hear a lot of people say that relationships are easy. They flow. They're not stressful. They are. Um, and it's not because you're avoiding stuff. It's not because you're keeping your mouth shut. It's not because you're not saying what you feel. In fact, you get to this level where you guys are checking in because you both want to be the best version of yourself and you are authentically communicating that it just becomes easy. It becomes so much more easier from this space. This is what mature, healthy relationships look like. Let's see, I'm gonna do one more little blurb and then we'll stop. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, wanna talk about your relationship patterns, go ahead and start putting them in the comment box. But I'll end on this note and then we'll prepare for tomorrow. So he could bring consciousness into himself, right? And then that will let him know something is off. In this way, a clear and still space of pure awareness will come into being the knowing the silent witness, the watcher. This awareness does not deny the pain and yet is beyond it. It allows the pain to be and yet it transmutes it at the same time. It accepts everything and it transforms everything. A door would have opened up for her through which she could easily join him in that space. If you are consistently or at least predominantly present in your relationship, this will be the greatest challenge for your partner. They will not be able to tolerate your presence for very long and stay unconscious. If they are ready, then they will walk through the door that you open for them through your enlightenment, your presence and your power place. And they will join you in that state. But if they are not, you will separate like oil and water. Even if you don't break up, you're going to be separated like oil and water because the light is too painful for someone who wants to remain in darkness. All right. So we are done with my stomach is growling. It's dinner time. So that is it for today. A very good discussion, very deep discussion. Um, it kind of gives you more information into the spiritual dynamics that play that take, you know, that the spiritual dynamics that take place in your relationships so that you can understand them a little bit better. And transmuting means you're dropping into that place. And even if your partner is bringing you pain, then you let them feel the pain. Like Robert was saying yesterday, you hold that space and give them grace, but that doesn't mean you have to be in it with them. You rise above it and you open the door for them to be able to come into your energy and your light. And that transmutes that if they want to walk through the door, you can't make them walk through the door, but if they want to walk through the door, then it transmutes it and vice versa. Your partner will be able to do the same thing for you. And maybe for like, we'll just use Greg, poor Greg, <laughs> we'll use him as an example, but if he's always in his head, then his, the way that he will open the door for me is to notice that something is off, hold space for me, and then allow me to be who I need to be 
while holding light for me so that he can help me transmute whatever it is that I'm going through. And that is how you show up being. And until you can be and live in that space, it's going to be really hard for you to experience this type of love and this type of connection with your partner. And again, the way that you do this, the way that you attract this in your partner, you could try to do it in your current relationships, but it all is determined by how you show up in your relationship, right? So you could do it in your current relationship and see what happens. But like you said, either your partner is going to walk through the door with you or it's going to be oil and water all day long. It doesn't matter if you stay together. It doesn't matter if you break up your oil and water. You're not going to match. Or um, it could go the other way. So I hope that this is helpful. I hope that this gives you some information to kind of sit with and meditate on. I will talk to you all tomorrow, same time, same place. We're still talking about relationships. So, and I think this is such a powerful subject that at first I was just going to pick one more part of this chapter, but I think let's just finish this chapter out because again, this is where we learn our biggest lessons. So I think that, that we can sit here for a little bit. Um, if you want to get more classes, more information, learn how to work with me, those type of things, you can text the word mastery to the phone number 833-231-4407 and you will get access to a free class. You will get reminders about when we go live and you can then also email me if you want to work with me privately because I still have a couple more spots left. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye everybody.